You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast that encourages mindfulness, gratitude, and hopefully an occasional laugh. I'm Mark Reed, a former college professor and lawyer. Now I live in the countryside of Japan, make traditional Japanese paper, and try to make myself and the world a little better today than it was yesterday. I'm here twice a week, either with research and observations or talking with inspiring, artistic, and influential people. The idea is to bring some calm and kindness to the world and help you do the same. Hey, here we are. My guest today is my uh, first repeat performance. Andy Rickles is back by uh, popular demand. They, they can't get it. They can't get enough of you, Andy. You're you're the you're the Harry Styles of the uh, podcasting world. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, he, Rob Cotline, and I had an interesting conversation about politics and media last time. And if that wasn't enough to get us in trouble, Andy and I today are going to talk some about uh, that other taboo topic at a bar or cocktail party, religion. Specifically today, the intersection of faith and doubt. That's the, uh, the focus of Andy's studies and research and, and has been for me as well. My hope is that we move from the theoretical to the practical quickly. Uh, this show is about practical solutions, down-to-earth, pragmatic, real-world, applicable ideas. Nevertheless, with a topic like faith, defined uh, by some or in some way that as a belief in something for which there is no tangible evidence, but we'll get to a definition in a second, um, we have to begin with the theoretical, since faith itself is a kind of theory one has about God, morality, meaning, the afterlife, etc., one can also argue, and many do, sometimes quite eloquently, such as the late Christopher Hitchens, that faith is a dangerous thing. You don't have to look far to see that argument, from Islamic fundamentalism to the Crusades, the Spanish Inquisition, the Salem Witch Trials. People kill and justify that killing in the name of faith. We'll use that as a starting point, so welcome back to the program, Andy Rickles. Thank you, man. It's good to be back. Glad to talk to you again. All right. I, yeah, and I see you are back in the Harry Styles studio. So uh, I mean, it's still the best place in the house for uh, <laughs> for a number of reasons. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's define it. What okay. what, ex- what exactly is faith? Um. So I I guess for me, I grew up in a religious uh, background that would have defined faith as a set of beliefs that you have that if you hold them correctly will earn you a ticket to the good place in the afterlife um i have sort of moved on from that and i don't want that when i say moved on i don't want that to sound uh like i'm being arrogant about my journey or anything like that but now i would define faith more broadly as any set of it could be beliefs it could be practices Um, I like practices better that help you uh, find meaning, that help you engage the world uh, and your neighbor, your family, your people, the people around you um, in hopefully a positive way. Hmm. Yeah, I, um, you know, I have this sort of uh, distinct, uh, I I, I do want to call it an advantage of I have a, a wife whose English is not her first language. she's she's Japanese. So when I was talking to her about our uh, podcast here, she, she speaks English wonderfully well, but 
you know, she wasn't clear on the distinction between faith and belief. So right. I, I tried to, because, uh, you know, you use the word, uh, you know, beliefs in your definition there. So I tried to identify the nuanced difference. And that's when I came up with my kind of def definition of uh, it's a strong belief. It, so it's a kind of belief, but it's a nuanced belief based on a spiritual conviction rather, rather, than, okay. pr rather than proof. And I gave her this analogy, and let's, uh, you know, correct it where you feel necessary. But I, I said, let's say, let me, uh, let, I'm, as if I'm talking to her, uh, let me, let, if I were to say, there is a, there's this ghost over in the corner of the room and you can't see it, but you trust me, it's there. It, no, you can't feel it. You can't hear it. You can't uh, smell it. You can't taste it. All of the five senses, right? right. Um, you got to trust your sixth sense, your intuition. You got to just believe me it's there, you know? And if you believed that that ghost is there based on my um, description of it. And then maybe you have a sort of psychological reaction or chemical to it, you know, like a, you know, maybe it releases some endorphin or uh, serotonin, your belief in this thing. And you develop a, a strong belief. You, yeah, there's a ghost over there, but I can't prove it that that that's how I attempted to define faith. To her would you say that right. was close um i think it's close uh i think it would be interesting to think about evidence in that um you know if, there, if there's no seeing tasting touching hearing feeling um none of the five senses then what what would that sixth sense look like um can you see the actions of the ghost uh can you see does anything change about the material part of the room based on the ghost's presence? Mm -hmm. um, and that's but incredibly subjective. Right. I was going to say, isn't that right. always arguable? You know, if you say, sure. right. Uh, I, I'll, I'll give you another example. And I mean, I was going to uh, later, I had intended to go into what is the term faith how does it apply in say buddhism or well in this case this example i'm about to give relates to shintoism we were we were mm -hmm. going to we were going to a shrine just to see the shrine we weren't going to you know um for a religious reason but w w i saw the shinto priest um performing it he was dressed in full regalia i mean the full outfit and everything and he right. was, he was out in the parking lot and he was like uh he had a kind of uh, Shinto scepter wand type thing that he was, he was basically blessing the car. And it, right. so I, I was asking uh, my wife about it and she said, Oh yeah, yeah they, you know, you can have a Shinto priest come uh, basically perform a small ritual uh, to, uh, to protect your car for, you know, drive safe driving. Right. And I said, okay, well, do the people really believe that? And, uh, and she said, yeah, sure. And I said, well, what if like, I mean, we're both practical people. What if, uh, what if they drive out of here and they get hit by a car on the way out, and it's not their fault? Just some car smacks them, you know what? And then she said, "Well, most likely that the Shinto ritual then mitigated the damage that would have been done." Right. You know what I'm right. saying so there's always yeah, there's always a caveat, right? And so when you do, when you look at it like that, then you can kind of explain. Like I'm, I'm sort of disappointed in in that because it you can kind of explain everything 
when you right. you use faith as a crutch to like well if i can't explain something then it must be god did this well that doesn't yeah. really do much for anybody no no and that's that's the conundrum um that a lot of people of faith you know and my most of my experience is with conservative uh southern baptist evangelical i sort of can use those terms interchangeably there um christians uh you know who will pray for something or, or ask god to do something or to give them something or to heal somebody um and no matter what happens there's an excuse and to me that's a little unfair um because you're letting if, if you believe in a god you're letting god off the hook mm. um this is you know i don't i don't mean to go too heavy <laughs> this early in the podcast but um one of my best friends uh passed away with cancer back in 2015 um and of course you know uh, me being most days a person of faith <laughs> uh i prayed and a lot of people prayed and he still died and i was fucking pissed yeah um i mean anytime i heard anybody talk about how good god was uh it just sent me into a rage um not necessarily outwardly uh but it was a lot of negative feelings and i i mean i still haven't really reconciled those yeah um and but but i think that like if you're going to believe in a god have the guts to call him out him or her out uh if 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 you have questions like don't be afraid to if you, don't be afraid to voice those doubts and those frustrations and that anger i mean that sure. that needs to be a part of faith if you're going to hold to yeah. a belief in a divine being sure and and uh and in terms of uh going heavy here let let me throw out one of uh probably several disclaimers uh, that, and I, I think that you would support this neither you or I, I don't want to speak for you, but uh, are here to dismantle anyone's faith, right? Not at all. Right. Not and I'm not. And in fact, uh, despite my uh, statement before that faith can be, it, it could be argued that it can be dangerous in many radical instances. Um, it can also be a good thing. If you, if your particular faith in whatever God you believe in leads you to being a good person Hey, have at it. I'm happy right. that you have that faith. So I am not, I don't have an agenda to dismantle anyone's faith here. Right. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, I knew that you were. Yeah, yeah I, I would hundred percent agree. I'm, right. uh, I think it's fair to call out people's faith. Uh, if it leads them to be harmful people. Yes. Um, uh, or, or to do harmful things. Right. Uh, but, but to, like you said, if it makes you a better person, if it makes you more kind and generous and loving and compassionate, then have at it. Have at I mean, it. I, yeah. I'm, I'm okay uh, with that. Yeah, and, and then back to something else you were indicating about praying for your your sick friend. You know, um, it's it's hard to reconcile uh, notions of faith in a benevolent God, and um, when such horrific atrocities go on in the world, um, right. or that you know. I have to be careful here. I, well, I don't have to be careful, but I, I want to be uh, <laughs> accurate in what the way I want to say something. But if, um, I, you know, like I think back to when we were kids and, you know, I like probably 
kids today might pray to God that uh, they pass their math test this right. Friday or something like that. Right. And let's say I do, you know, and then I believe I developed this belief that God gave me the peace of mind during that math test so that I could get, you know, I got my A minus because God was there with me. Right. Um, and yet you're, you know, and then I could pray for a starving child in Africa and God says no to that. You know, it just yeah. doesn't make sense to me that God would care about my, my math test. But would, right. uh, Well, I mean, God shouldn't, <laughs> in, 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 relatively speaking, in the grand scheme of things, um, one would hope that their God would be concerned more right. about life and death of vulnerable people than he would uh, some schmucks math test. Right. Um, but, but there are a lot, I, I mean, a lot, I know a lot of people who pray for everything. Hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if I pray in a traditional sense much anymore. Um, hmm. I certainly see that it, it has value for people. Um, I, I am part of a, of a religious community here. Um, a United Methodist religious community. Um, and as part of our weekly liturgy, uh, we recite the Lord's Prayer together. Um, and some weeks I say it. Mm -hmm. um, and some weeks I think I even mean it. <laughs> sure, but, sure. I, but I find value in saying it. Like I find the rituals and the practices, I, I can find value in those, even if I don't know if I believe those things. Um, sure. but it, it draws me into community with other people and with people who have been doing those same things for yeah. millennia. I, I think that that is getting to more of a practical use of faith. And that right. is, you know, I mean, even Buddhists say mantras, you know, or, you know, uh, take religious traditions out of it. I mean, uh, some people recite daily affirmations, you know, right. uh, uh, what was the SNL guy, Stuart Smiley or whatever? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm good enough. <laughs> I'm smart, smart enough, enough. doggone it. People like me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you say that enough times, it, it actually does have a practical effect. You know, I think people like me because I just say that in the mirror every day. Um, <laughs> but um, but it does beg the the question, not the not the ritualistic practices, but going back to the, the actual uh, belief in a particular something, right. uh, how the question being how important or relevant is a particular faith anyway? How, how is it even important at all? Now, um, yeah, go ahead. I, I, go ahead. I would say a, a couple of things, a couple of different streams of thought there is, is one because of how people's belief in a particular God affects the way that they live their communal life with others, the way they vote, obviously, right. It does matter on a big scale. Um, for me personally, uh, I don't, most days I, it, depending on who listens to this, this may be, uh, <laughs> controversial. Um, my best description of my belief right now would be I'm a hopeful agnostic. Okay. Um, I don't know. I hold space that, that there's something out there. Um, but I don't know. Mm. Um, I'm hopeful that if there is, uh, that it represents love and peace and grace. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, who can know those things? 
Right. Um, on a good day, I would. Uh, this is a. I don't, I don't know how how many people will be familiar with this word, um, but it, it's a it's a system of belief, I guess, that I've been uh, made aware of uh, through the teachings of a Franciscan uh, named Richard Rohr, um, who would refer to himself as a panentheist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not pantheism that everything is God, but it's panentheism which is that everything contains God, sort of like God is bigger than the world, but everything in the world contains that divine spark. Mm-hmm. I think there's some beauty there. Um, but one thing I learned um, as I sort of deconstructed most of what I grew up with over my 20s and 30s is whatever I may believe on a particular day, I hold it pretty loosely. Mm. Um, and at the end of the day, for me right now at almost 45 years old, it doesn't matter. Mm. Well, I don't know. I I don't know personally what I would. I don't know if any word in the Bible is factually true, Mm. but I know that there are beautiful stories that give people meaning there. Um, Go ahead. Well, that uh, I I think you touched on a lot of what. uh, uh, And and I this isn't going to be just a a a a love fest of you and me agreeing on everything. I I you know. Um, there might actually even be an area here where I, I do diverge. And okay. I, I would I would say, but I mean, for the most part, what you said is exactly, I think the that faith can, can be a beautiful thing, right? But ultimately, and you also said this too, uh, that it doesn't matter. And that's really where, that's the camp yeah. I, I'm parked in more of, that um, I'll, uh, I'll give you an analogy that's always stuck with me. Um, that uh let's imagine there's the there are these dogs and uh you know this one dog uh he he hears from another dog about this uh this thing called math called mathematics Mm -hmm. and uh so one dog tells the other dog like hey man math is incredible dude it is awesome you've got to come check out math and uh, look there's this big math book over here it's got every math equation in it in the you know from addition to calculus, whatever, it's all in there. Uh, come check out math. So the dogs go and check out the math book and they, they scratch it and they sniff it and they listen to it and they taste it, you know? Um, and you know, then they go away and they talk about it. Like, Hey man, what was your experience with math? Oh man, math, it was incredible. It tastes this way. It sounds this way, but you know, you and I know that they have no conceptual understanding right. of two plus two equals four or a trigonometry equation right. um how much further are we as finite human beings from the notion of an uh, an omnipotent you know all-knowing infinite god than those dogs are from math like they they're closer right. to understanding math than we are right. to understanding the particularities did i pronounce that correctly uh of god <laughs> you know and um but but people i mean denominations and faiths uh, are willing to fight and have wars over this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, those are the people that I don't trust. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, like, even let's, even if you stay within Christianity, forget Buddhism and Hinduism, all that crazy stuff. Well, even if you stay in Christianity, if you ask, you know, we both grew up in a Southern Baptist tra- tradition. And, uh, you know, if you ask your average Southern Baptist, uh, hey, are Mormons going to heaven? You know, you're going to get some mixed answers. 
you're right. gonna get uh um when in reality none of us should be judging right <laughs> anyway but you know you're gonna get some that say no absolutely not they got a whole nother book that they add to the bible you know they're so way right. off that they're not even christian so they get so bogged down in those details of faith and um you know it's troubling because I think you're missing the point. You're oh, you absolutely are. Yes. Um, I, I, you know, if somebody were to come and ask me, do you believe Mormons go to heaven? I'm not even interested in answering that question. <laughs> it's not an interesting question because for one thing, who the hell knows? Like we can't know that. Hmm. Um, it, it is truly an unknowable thing from the very premise that there even is an afterlife. We can't know. Um, hmm. I, you know, I don't know what happens after I've, I die because I have not died yet. Right. Um, <laughs> it's just unknowable. But it, even assuming that there is, we don't know the nature of it. Um, we don't know anything. I mean, we can't know those things. Mm. And so to, to start making educated guesses on who is in and who is out, all that is is a way for us to erect walls and say, you're not, you don't measure up to my standard because you're not part of my group. Right. Um, that's when religion becomes harmful. Um, I'm sort of at a, at a place to where, you know, all, all the world's religions and all the nuances within those, you know, I, I truly believe that we're all kind of talking about the same thing, mm. you know, th that we're all, those of us that are trying to do it right. We're, we're all just trying to find a way to make sense of our lives, uh, to, to learn, to love our neighbor better, to be compassionate to the world. Uh, the earth, um, the people around us. Um, and so whether you use Buddhist language to do that or Christian language to do that or agnostic or atheist language to do that, um, I, I, I don't think it matters. Like I really don't, I, I don't want to sound like, I, I mean, I, I have a degree in religion. I, I have been on staff at churches, like it should matter to me, but it just doesn't anymore. <laughs> well, it, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I put together um, in my preparation for this, uh, you know, what does Zen say about faith? And, uh, and the, the truth is not much at all. There, there is a kind of faith uh, that's rooted in understanding. And that is to say that faith is not derived uh, from the standpoint of a leap. Like you don't take a leap of faith and, and uh, like in something that, Hey, take my word for it. You got to believe this to get into heaven. None of that sort of exists. Um, but there is belief. Uh, so there, there's there's no dogma in Zen, none. In fact, that misses the the greater point. And the greater point is that uh, in Zen, at least, it's, it sounds like an oversimplification, but to to be in the same way that a, a dog or cat just is. And, and what I mean by that is I don't mean to behave like a dog or a cat. I mean, unless you're into that sort of thing, but that's not this kind of show. That's, this is not that kind of show. But a, you know, a dog or a cat is not thinking about its own mortality or the right. afterlife or the meaning of the dog bone or the catnip or whatever. Um, so in fact, Zen right. would say to do so, to dwell on these theoreticals is kind of a waste of time. Right. You know? And uh, that you're missing, you're missing out on the singing bird or the, the wind, you know, the sensation of the wind. It doesn't have to be all hippie stuff, man. I mean, you can have a Zen right. moment listening to Wilco or Metallica uh, right. and just be, be present. It's about being present in the moment. And um, yeah, I, I, yesterday after work, I went uh, for a run um, and I, I parked at a park that's near my house. 
um, and set off and, and ran some streets around there. And when I got back, it was probably around 5.30, 5.45 in the evening. So the sun was going down and I stopped and, you know, being tired from a, from a good five miles is a good time to just sort of be aware of yourself. And I, I looked up and the sky was beautiful. And this sounds super cheesy, um, but it, it gave me an appreciation for just being where I was. Hmm. Um, another way to say it from, from Richard Rohr, who I mentioned earlier, uh, the, the point of being, a, the point of Christianity is not being a Christian. It's to be free. Hmm. Like, I don't know that labeling ourselves any certain thing is important. Um, what we're all trying to learn to do is just to, to be, to be free, to be aware. Um, That's that, it. that to me is a much more beautiful pursuit. In fact, if you get, uh, if you get bogged down into defining God, you are, you are counterintuitively going against your own definition of God right. is an infinite thing. Unknowable. Right. 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 Any God that you contain within your theology in some ways has ceased to be God at all. That's exactly right. I mean, it, 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 it if, if God is unknowable and, and, and I don't know, I'm not sure what I, you know, those are sort of Christian Christianese kind of statements. I'm not sure what that means in the context of, of another religion, but you know, if, if you, if you talk about the ground of being or the universe or however you want to phrase that, um, any attempt to understand it um, misses the point and narrows it down to something where you can't experience it. Uh, one of my favorite ways of thinking about like our beliefs, um, there's a, a, an author, his name is Rob Bell. He comes from a Christian tradition, uh, but he's done some spiritual teaching. Um, but in his book, Velvet Elvis, um, which I highly recommend if you're interested in sort of deconstructing Christianity and thinking I, about it. I'm familiar with Rob Bell. He, he's yeah. been around a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he describes, um, you know, ways of thinking about your, your doctrines or your beliefs that most people think of them as a brick wall. And so you have your belief in creation and you have your belief in original sin or, or whatever, and you build this wall. Well, the problem with that is if one brick um, becomes unstable or you remove it, the whole wall is in danger. Um, and, and so if you construct your faith that way, that all these things are, I've heard people say, you know, if you don't believe that God created the world in seven literal days, then you don't believe in Jesus at all. <laughs> what? That's, that's, that's insane. <laughs> um, it's insane. Yep. Right. And so he, he thinks about it more as springs on a trampoline, hmm. um, that they, they can be stretched, they can be moved. If you remove one spring, it's not going to just completely, you know, mm. come apart. But the point isn't the springs. The point is jumping. Yeah. And the point of our, our beliefs needs to be, how does it, what kind of person does it make us? How does it make us live and love and experience the world around us? Yeah. I, I like that uh, description because people become so entrenched in their the specificity of their beliefs that, you know, I mean, some people, because faith, I, this also went into the description I was trying to give to my wife, uh, talking about this stuff last night that, uh, um, in a lot of ways, religion and faith answers the questions. It, it, it fills in the gaps that say science doesn't complete, right. you know, like, Oh, well, it, because, there's this human inclination to want to know the answer to everything right. and, to, and to have a, com, 
a complete picture of it. Why are we here? Uh, where did time begin? How did we get right. here? All those sort of things. And when science can't isn't ready to answer those questions, okay, faith comes in and plugs in the holes. That's fine with me. I don't have a problem with that. Right. But I do have a problem with when you take that so literally that when science does answer a question, like let's say uh, the age of the earth is 4.6 billion years old right. and not 6,000 years old as a literal interpretation of the Bible would say, uh, and that people get so upset, well, then science must be wrong. Uh, yeah. You know what? Here's the thing. Science doesn't give a shit about what you believe. Right. You don't have to. Science doesn't care if you believe in yeah. it or not. It just is. But right. you, and the Bible is not a science book. Right. The Bible is not a history book. I mean, the, 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 the authors who wrote the books of the Bible had an agenda. Mm. Uh, they were not writing down facts. Um, and, you know, that was sort of the beginning of my deconstruction it, when I when I got to college and I started learning all that stuff yeah, same here. <laughs> that there are multiple flood stories or like and all of a sudden you see that there's you know, there's a lot of ways that Christianity isn't very unique. Um, and so it, it causes you to ask those questions. Well, you know, is, is this whole thing a house of cards or whatever? Um, and so that was sort of the first phase of my deconstruction was sort of the intellectual part of it. Um, but here, well, I mean, here's the, the, the problem with the, the brick wall that you described, I, I'll, uh, relay or convey a, uh, a, a very personal experience I had, uh, this was years ago when I was in Alabama and I was in, uh, in a bar in Gadsden, Alabama. Beautiful. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> that's another show. <laughs> um, I uh, I was sitting there having uh, you know some adult beverages at a, a bar, and I was sitting next to these three people: two guys and a, a a woman companion. And I don't know; they were asking me. I was by the, my by myself, and uh, that sounds depressing. I'm sitting there at a bar by myself, <laughs> whatever. Um, and they strike up a conversation. We we get in this kind of interesting conversation, and they find out about my background that I you know, had studied religion and philosophy and, and all this stuff. So they start, they opened up this rabbit hole, man. They started asking me questions and I yeah. even tried to steer the conversation away from it. But it, let me get back to the topic at hand here. The guy asked me, well, look, just tell me, do you believe in God or not? And at first I gave him the answer that you and I have come to, you know, that like, it doesn't matter. I tried to answer it by saying, it doesn't matter what I believe. My belief has no relevance on my salvation or your salvation or, you know, any my, has no relevance at all. He was completely not satisfied with that answer. Uh, of so course. he then he, he then demanded that I sort of answer the question of whether or not I believe in more or less his version of God. And right. so having a few adult beverages in me, my tongue was a little looser. And I said, <laughs> I said, uh, well, look here, buddy. I, no, I wasn't like shit faced or anything, but like I, I did say, well, look, I'll, I'll remember my words specifically. I said, look, do I believe in a guy in the sky? No. You know, I mean, do, do I believe that, you know, there's a, 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 a man with a white beard sitting in a, on a nice golden chair in the sky? No. And before I could even qualify that uh, with, you know, a, a broader 
a sense more of inclusive, right? The, right. The <laughs> definition of the infiniteness of God. The dude wanted to fight me in the parking lot. Nice. He was nice. so angry. He was as, so as, as the good Lord would have him do. <laughs> that, that's the irony, right? Is that he right. wanted to fight for his God because, and I'm like, doesn't your God right. say to love people and not judge right. people? I could if, if, if your God is worth a damn, he doesn't need your monkey ass defending him. Right. <laughs> you got that right. Why did, why didn't God, why didn't your God just strike me down with the lightning bolt, man? I mean, if right. he, he doesn't need you to kick my ass out in the parking lot, but I, and that was the end of our conversation. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. That's, and I've been in some conversations like that, not necessarily with strangers at a bar, but, um, Anytime that I've sort of opened up about uh, my evolving beliefs or whatever, um, you know, I've, I've gotten backlash. Um, and social media has been a big part of that just because it's an easy way for people to say shit um, and not have to face the consequences of look, looking me in the, in the eye to say it. Right. Um, but, but several years ago, when I started being a little more open online about, um, you know, my support for uh, same-sex relationships and things like that, you know, I had a lot of people, um, you know, just just sort of start referring to me as a so-called Christian, which means that I may call myself one, um, but they certainly didn't. Um, and I, I don't know that it matters who calls me what. Right. It's not up to them. <laughs> right. And and I don't know that, you know, if, if that's what you want to refer to me, at, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I don't. That word is loaded now because totally. of. Um, the world we live in uh, specifically, you know, in the South here, it's, it's loaded with a lot of what I feel like are negative things. And so I don't know that I'm comfortable with that term anyway, but it's not fair for you. Um, you're not the gatekeeper, right? <laughs> whichever God exists uh, can't possibly care about the labels like right. Christianity uh, specifically since the, I mean, people still forget Jesus Christ was not a Christian. No. There was no Christianity. And, and honest to God, in, in, in my readings of the Gospels, I can't find anywhere where he's trying to start a religion. Right. He's not pushing. A movement, maybe. He's not, he's not pushing Judaism. I mean, Jesus Christ no. was a Jew, and he's not pushing Judaism. Uh, he's pushing love. You know, he's, push, he's pushing. Radical inclusivity. Right. Um, Don't judge folks. So. Right. Um, um, yeah, there's there's nothing in, in, in scripture that tells me that Jesus was trying to start a religion, um, that he was trying to convince people to become his religion. Um, mm. it, it, it didn't seem to matter a lot to him, um, but for some reason it matters to us. And and there's a lot, you know, that that that's probably another whole conversation, too, is why churches, you know, hold on to those beliefs so so mm. much. But. I think one of the simplest ways to think about it for, for just regular people, um, not people who necessarily have a stake in the church continuing, but just people who go to church and want to believe the right thing. They're just scared. Mm. You know, they've been told, I remember growing up, I don't know if you remember this uh, since we spent some time in, in some of the same church. Um, one of the things that the pastor there used to say was, do you know that you know that you know, <laughs> Um, and at 13, 14 years old, man, I, I didn't know, like, I, I didn't, I, 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 my mind always goes to the worst case scenario. So I was thinking, well, God, what, what if I don't know? What if I don't, what if I get hit by a bus tonight? Mm. That's just abusive. Like that's abusive and toxic theology. Um, and, and so it's, it's just something I'm not interested in anymore. 
Yeah, it, it is toxic. And for uh, on the other side of that same coin, uh, I was also 13. We're about, I think, a month apart uh, in age. I was also yeah. 13 and 14, heard the same message. And the, the other side of that coin is I did know that I knew that yeah. I knew. I, you know, I was our class chaplain uh, back when you could have <laughs> such a thing. And uh, so um, I was certain that I was right, you know, and that that's just as crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it just is harmful in different ways. Right. Um, um, it can make you frightened or an asshole. <laughs> Not that you were an asshole, you know, no, I, I was, <laughs> well, I still am. <laughs> we probably both were. I mean, when I think about some of the things <laughs> I still am, don't worry. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I will have to have you back on Andy. We might have to make this a, a somewhat regular thing. Oh, um, yeah. I think there's value in talking about this because like I said, I do think it's relevant because people have questions because there's, there's a mystery out there that, um, that people are, you know, maybe aware of, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's just a vibe. Maybe it's not a belief, but you just hold on to some vibes that there's something good out there and it's worth talking about those things. Um, so that people know that, you know, they're not the only one having questions. Yeah, I, I, agree i um you know i'd said before that well faith is just not a relevant issue and say zen but uh it doesn't mean that the conversation is not worth having i sort of have to have this conversation to understand i don't need this conversation it's you know sort of paradoxical but uh you know i do need the 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 conversation in the first instance um but uh okay well as you know, you've been here before. You're a regular now. I do a segment at the end called, yeah, called Five Minutes Zen, where I try to give the listener something practical. Now, I know that we did talk a lot about the philosophical and theoretical here. How can we, uh, here's our five minutes Zen, hopefully. How can we utilize our faith, whatever that's in? As we said, we're not here to disparage anybody's particular faith. But how can we utilize it in a practical way rather than a philosophical way? Um, for me, you know, I I come from a Christian tradition, so I'll speak uh, from a Christian tradition. Um, for me, it boils down to, um, you know, in, in one of the gospel stories, uh, somebody asked Jesus of Nazareth, you know, what is the greatest commandment? Basically, if you could boil down all of this to one thing, uh, what would it be? And he got really practical. He said, love God and love your neighbor. Hmm. Um, and, and so I would, I would define that now as, you know, the love God part, tune into to the divine around you. Right. And, and when I say divine, I'm speaking about that in the broadest sense. Um, it is realizing that there is something sacred about everything. And, and by sacred, I don't necessarily mean God. I just mean there is something special about right. everything. Um, and then love your neighbor. Right. Um, if, if, if you sort of boil it down to those two things, which are both very practical ways to live, um, then I think that that's a lot more helpful than trying to build systematic theologies about whatever. Yeah. Um, um, so you know, go ahead. You know, so, so just, you know, be aware of how good the world can be around you and don't be an asshole to people <laughs> around you. <laughs> well, I can do the first part. I don't know about this. Uh, yeah. Even saying, you know, even though this is Zen sandwich uh, saying in the Christian tradition, cause I, I still study plenty. Um, the book of James uh, is pr- probably my favorite uh, yeah. in the, in the Canon there. And um, makes sense. It uh, yeah. But you know, they, they almost didn't include it. The, uh, right. the, the right. Martin Luther 
actually advocated for it not to be included. Yep. And that's why it's in the back. That's why it's in the back, right? Of, you know, before revelation and like, well, we'll stick, we'll keep it, but we're going to stick it in the back. But, uh, in, uh, in the book of James, uh, the author talks about, uh, faith and works work, uh, hand in hand. They're not mutually exclusive or they're not, they're not separate. And, you know, perhaps that's a limitation of language is that we think of them conceptually as two different things. I think what James is trying to describe is that you, you don't have one without the other, you know? And so your, your belief, your faith is not in this sort of, Oh, God looks like this. God sounds like this, you know, this is, you know, all the particularities, but your faith is in uh, what you described the, the sacredness around you in a, in a, a faith in doing good and being good. Well, the author of James says uh, elsewhere in the book that true religion is caring for orphans and widows. Love it. Not not believing the right things. It's it's caring for orphans and widows. So that is all over the New Testament. Is that how you how you relate to God is directly related to how you relate to others. There you go. There's no, there's no way to preach your way out of that, right? Yep, there you go. Well. That's your five minutes in today, folks. Um, all right. Uh, so go help some orphans and widows. Um, Zen Sandwich has a Patreon page now. For just three bucks, you can support the podcast. Uh, I hope to be uh, listener-supported. I put exclusive videos just for patrons on that page. Uh, and um, if you sign up now at any tier level before March 31st, 2021, I will send you a handmade personalized postcard on washi. That's traditional Japanese paper that my wife and I make. And uh, yeah, help spread some kindness in the world, some more mindfulness, some gratitude, and uh, and inspiring people like Andy here. So if you can't do it, no worries. I'm glad you're listening. Well, that's awesome, Andy. I appreciate your, uh, your time. And uh, yeah, you got to come Thank back. Thank you. It was a joy to talk to you, man.